0: I feel like we should just lift our hands one more time in his presence and give him praise. Could we do so? Somebody said, amen, amen, amen. amen. I want us to look again at the authority of God's word, the authority of God's word. God bless you. You may be seated. If you've been here the last few weeks, you'll know that we've touched on this topic a few times. And yet I want to look at it again today for how many understand that we have got to get revelation about the authority of God's word. John chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the word. Before there was a mountain or a man to climb it. Before there was a galaxy above us and grass beneath us. Before a bird ever flew in the blue skies or a fish swam in the deep blue seas. Before there was a blossom on a flower or a bloom on a rose. Before it all, there was the Word. Quick and powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword. This book was written on two continents. In countries miles, hundreds of miles apart. Some of it was written in Syria. Some of it written in Arabia. Parts of it written in pagan Italy. Others in Gothic Greece. Portions of it were put down in the deserts of Sinai, others of it in the wilderness of Judea. It was penned in caves. It was penned in a jailhouse in Rome. It was written on the island of Patmos in, and in the palaces of Shushan and Zion. It was written by the rivers of Babylon and by the banks of the river Chebar. It was written in Hebrew. It was written in Aramaic, and it was written in Greek. Some of the writers, listen, some of the writers wrote literally hundreds of years either before or after the other writers wrote. The earliest writer who penned what God told him to pen wrote what God told him to write over 1,500 years, One. 1,500 years before the fellow who ended the book was even born. It was penned over 16 centuries of time. It was written by a king on his throne. It was written by a herdsman by his flock in the field. This word was divinely inspired of the Lord. But it was put down on parchment by princes and poets and philosophers and fishermen and prophets and priests. And even some politicians and publicans. Some writers were learned in the education of Egypt. Some were taught in the schoolhouses of Babylon. One was trained at the feet of Gamaliel. They were men of every grade and every class. They wrote it in in the deserts and in the cities and in the palaces and in the dungeons. Some of it was written in times of imminent danger. Some of it written in seasons of great joy. They wrote it in prose they wrote it in letters they wrote it in allegories they wrote it in parables and they wrote it in proverbs and through every age this book still stands through every generation this book still stands through every cycle of human reasoning this book still stands somebody shout amen Words that inspired men of old wrote thousands of years ago are still... Standing uh, the test of time and the test of science and the test of archaeology and the test of biology and the test of physiology and the test of of astrology and the test of botany and none of them can dispute it and none of them can disclaim it and none of them can refute it why? because there is an authority I said there is an authority that rests upon upon this book that does not come from man and it does not come from humanistic thinking and it does not come from the philosophies that are conjured up in the minds of mere mortals but the authority that rests upon this book is the authority of God himself the authority of God himself rests upon this book somebody shout amen and because he said it it makes it absolutely true I don't care what he said because he said it it is true because he said it It absolutely has to come to pass, because he said it. It means that it is absolutely right no matter what anybody else says. So if you're going to build your life on something, build it on the ever faithful, never changing, God inspired, life transforming word of almighty God. Oh, hallelujah. So what was this book going to be like? Written by so many different people. In, written in so many different cultures. Written in so many different languages. In so many different aspects of time. What would this book read like since none of the writers conferred with any other writer concerning what they were writing? Now think about this. If I said I want this church to write a story, a novel. And mom, you got the first chapter. Brother Tony, you got the second chapter. Brother Favor, you got the third chapter. Sister Bobby, you got the fourth. Brothers, and on and on and on and on and on we go. And I said, but you can't talk to one another about what you're writing. You think that story would make any sense at all? None. At all. You got these writers. What, what is this book going to look like when you got all these different writers, uh, none of which talked to any of them. Some, most of them weren't even born when the others were alive. So what was this book going to be like? Uh, was it going to be confusing? Uh, was it going to be disjointed? Uh, would there be discord uh, between one writer and another writer? Heaven and earth shall pass away but my words my words shall not pass away it doesn't matter what society says this book rests upon the authority of God himself and so it will still be standing when everything else has crashed to the ground you hear me In 1961, the French Academy of Scientists published a book that claimed 51 indisputable facts that they say proved that the Bible was wrong. Today, there is not one reputable scientist who believes even one of those 51 so-called indisputable facts. But the Bible tells me in Psalms 119 and 89, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled. 300 years after Jesus Christ died, a man by the name of Dioclesine tried to stamp out the Bible and all of its beliefs, so much so that he turned his political and military might of his formidable kingdom against the word of God. Laws were passed, decrees were made, and so many Bibles were burned that he thought that he had burned them all. It's so much so that he raised a column over the image of a Bible and put an inscription in that column that said this. And I quote, the name of Christianity has been extinguished in quote. But Diocletian is dead. And this book is still the number one best-selling book of all time. Why? Because it is not resting upon the authority of that which could change. For the authority that this book stands on is upon the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh. More than two centuries ago, a man by the name of Voltaire made this statement, and I quote. He said, 50 years from now, the world will hear no more of the Bible. But here we are, 150 plus years past the deadline, and we're still preaching from it. And lives are still being changed because of it. And we're still putting our faith and our confidence in the forever settled word of God. Why? Because the book says in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 25, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. The word of the Lord endureth forever. They've tried to stamp his word out. They've tried to stop it. They've tried to destroy it. And yet the word of God still stands. Why, 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 why? I'll tell you why. Because there is an authority that rests upon this book that is more powerful than any government. And there is an authority that rests upon this book that is more powerful than any philosophy. And it is more powerful than any rebellion. And it is more powerful than any darkness. And it is more powerful than any lie from the devil himself. For the authority of God himself rests upon this book. The word of the Lord says, and we opened up with it in John chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Hear me. The, The world has a good of chance at destroying this word as they do at destroying God. the word was God they have a good a chance at making this book obsolete as they do at making God obsolete and if you can't destroy God then you can't destroy his word And if you can't make God of no effect, then you cannot make his word to be of no effect. If God is alive, then his word is alive. If God is powerful, then his word is powerful. If God has all authority, then his word has all authority. Because in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. His word has all authority his word has all authority come on put your hands together give him praise give him praise oh. and hear me now if his word Has all authority, which it does. I think it is high time that we as apostolic believers start living our lives like we truly believe what this book says. We can shout about it being the authority all we want. But when are we going to stop shouting about it and start living it out? Mm. It's time for us to start living out our lives like we truly believe this word is right when it says that we can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We need to start living out our lives like we truly believe this book when it tells us that there is nothing too hard for our God. I don't know. Struggling with things we shouldn't be struggling with. Fighting with things we shouldn't be fighting with. Dealing with things we shouldn't be dealing with. Living less than what God has promised us. Why? Because we believe, we know his word says there's nothing too hard for him. But we're not living out our lives like we believe it has authority. We need to start living out our lives like we truly believe this book when it informs us that we're supposed to be doing greater things than even what Jesus did on this earth. You see the difference in response. You see, we can talk about authority of God's word and we'll shout and we'll dance and all this stuff. But then when we put it into practice, The thought of it, we agree with putting in practice is where we struggle because as long as we're just talking about it, we'll amen it. But when you start talking about me actually doing what the book says to do, we get a little and that's why we're not shouting like we were shouting before. We like just talking about the book. We just like talking about the words on a page. But we don't really understand the authority that the authority that is backing up those words. So when we read the words, we shout about it. But in actual, to actually put them into practice, we struggle with. Come on, let's get honest. We'll shout about it all day long, but we won't do it. It's an authority issue. We've got to get revelation of the authority that backs up this book. Oh, hallelujah. I believe it, I believe it I'm not going to do it Because I don't think it's going to happen I shout about it all day long I run the house about it all day long But when we get outside these four walls I'm not going to put it in practice Because I don't know if it's actually going to work or not And so we're timid And we're afraid And we're scared And we, we lack boldness And we lack faith Why? It's an authority issue We believe it As mere words. We understand it. Intellectually. But we don't understand it. In practice. Because we don't. Fully. Grasp. The authority. That backs it up. But if God has been talking to us about anything these last few months. He's been telling us. It is time. Truly believe the word is going to back it up. You see, because the enemy cannot stop us. And hell cannot stop us. And no weapon formed against us can stop us. But we can be stopped. We can be stopped if we do not get revelation of the authority that rests upon this book. For what difference does it make? If God wants me to go and minister to somebody outside these four walls and produce a miracle in their life, what difference does it make if it was an attack from the enemy that kept me from doing it or if it was a lack of revelation on my part of the authority of God that kept me from doing it? What difference does it make to the person who's broken? It does, he doesn't care. It doesn't matter to him what kept me from doing it. The truth of the matter is, is I didn't do it. And he left broken and lost. So it doesn't matter. We could shout all day about no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. Yeah, woohoo! we believe that. No, the devil he'll can't stop us. Yeah, great. The devil can't stop me. I believe that. But we can stop ourselves because we don't get revelation of the authority of the word of God. And therefore, we do not step out in faith to do what God told us to do. And at the end of the day, if we don't do it, what does it matter what caused us not to do it? <laughs> it's quiet, real quiet now. I believe that's the type of people that God, the word of God is talking to when it says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached as well unto them. But the word that was preached did not profit them. Why? Because it was not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. They knew what the book said. They heard what the book said. They might have even shouted about it and said amen to it but they did not fully grasp the authority that was backing up the word. Therefore, they did not put their faith into the book, into what the book was telling them to do. And so it profited them nothing. They heard the word. They heard the word. The word of God was spoken to them and they might have shouted and they might have danced about it but there was nothing productive that came about because of it because they didn't understand the authority that was attached to it enough to be able to put their faith into what they had heard. Does that make any sense at all? I believe that's also what this book was referring to when it says in James chapter 1 and verse 22. But be ye doers of the word... And not hearers only. Hear me. One of the main reasons why we hear the word but don't do the word is because in some way or another we doubt the authority of the word. You hear the word but you don't do it. We, we, we hear the word. In, in, in particular area, I'm not talking about all areas, but in whatever area, we hear the word and we don't do the word. Why? Why? Who in this room would not walk around in your life laying hands on every sick person that God told you to lay hands on? If you truly believed that the authority of God was backing you up. Who wouldn't do that? None of us. Well, hopefully. Right? No, Nobody in this place would say, ah, I know if I lay my hands on that person, they'll absolutely be healed. I know it. I have no doubt. I absolutely know it. I just don't feel like doing it. Well, we wouldn't do that. So why don't we lay hands on the people that God tells us to lay hands on? Why? Because somewhere we doubt the authority. Well, who, who, who wouldn't want to see blind eyes open? Who wouldn't want to see crippled people? Who wouldn't want to see cancers falling off? Who wouldn't want to see tumors drying up? Which one of us in this room wouldn't want to be a part of something like that? No, no, we all would. So why don't we do it when God tells us to do it? uh, I don't know. I I just know. I don't don't want to go over there. I, I don't want to pray. I don't want to. Why? Because it's an authority issue. We don't, sometimes we don't truly believe that God is backing us up. Or that his word that told us to do that has an authority attached to it. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. But I feel in my spirit that God is raising us up. And it's a process. And It's not just gonna be a one Sunday thing and boom, we got it because this thing is big. We're, we're, you want to know what we're dealing with? We're trying to change the culture of, a, of church. The culture of how we've been for years. You don't change culture overnight. But God is trying to change the culture of who we are in order, in order to get us to the place where we will have more of a book of Acts apostolic culture. And it takes some time. And so this is where God's talking to us about. Almost from the very beginning of this year. Because he's trying to raise us up. And he's trying to get us to the new heights. And he's leading us to a higher level. And dimension of spirituality. In order to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. In us and through us. And in order for us to accomplish. What he wants us to do. We first must get a revelation of the fact. That it is his authority that causes everything in this book to be true. His authority that causes everything in this book to be right. So if God's trying to reveal to us the authority that rests upon his word, then you just have to believe that the enemy will try to downplay the importance of the word. Yeah. But I said amen. amen. That's why he does his best to keep us preoccupied while the preaching is going forth. That's why we start thinking about all this other stuff while preaching's going forth. Or we sit there and fall asleep while the preaching of God is going forth. That's why he throws everything he can at us on Thursdays and Sundays in order to keep us away from the house of the Lord. More importantly, the word of the Lord. Well, this came up. Well, this happened. Well, this came up. Well, I had to do this. Well, I had to do that. Yeah, you got to understand the bigger picture here. You have to understand the reality of things here. You have to understand that there is an enemy that is after your soul, and he wants to pull you down. And the way he pulls you down is by stripping the word of the Lord from you. So does not it only make sense that he's going to attack you when it's time to come hear the word of the Lord? That's why he's fighting you so hard as it applies to picking up your Bible every day and reading it. Right. Well I just don't now listen, I'm not being mean, I promise I'm not being I'm trying to help us. Well, Pastor, I just I just don't have time to read the Bible. How long do you surf on the internet? You read the newspaper? You watch any TV shows in the day? You listen to you listen to sports radio? Listen to Rush Limbaugh. I just don't have time. I just thought, okay, let's, let's cut out Rush Limbaugh for a little while. Let's cut off sports talk for a little while. Let's cut the cable for a little bit. Can't get no help in the house. Let's get rid of some of the stuff we're doing. Let's stop reading the Louis Lemours for a little bit. Maybe nobody reads Louis Lemours but me. Let's stop stop doing all this other stuff for a minute and say, I'm going to read the word of the Lord. Before I pick up the Tribune, I'm going to pick up the word of God. Before I get on Yahoo and find out what the Kardashians are doing, I'm going to get into the word of the Lord and find out. I want to know what God's up to. I want to know what God's trying to talk about. I don't care what Hollywood's doing. I don't care what the latest whatever's doing. I don't care what this society is doing. I want to know what God is doing. How's he moving? How's he working? What's he saying? What's he talking to me about? I want to get it. I want to know it. I want to know it. So hell fights. He fights. That's why he fights so hard against you getting into a Bible study. That's why he fights you so hard about you being a part of a community group. I just don't have time. I just don't have time. My friend, we have time for what we want time for. We have time for what we want time for. We want time for the word of God. We'll have time for the word of God.